All right. All right. Well, hold on. All right. Buckle we up. Buckle up. You fuck. We didn't even pick a fucking topic. No, no. That That's our new bit. Is, 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 all right. No topic. All right. Well, this is your take as excrement. Um, wait, oh, wait, no, 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 we're going straight in. This no, is I, all in. I was doing this, fuck this up is, parts. This is, this is all in. So I was uh, fucking it up, though. Uh, okay, okay, it's fine. All right, fine. All right. Go uh, ahead. <laughs> Whatever you want. Uh, no, if, if you want to restart, we can. Okay, let's do it. All right. All right. Hello, this is Your Take is Excrement, a show where we don't have a topic going into it. Uh, because we're in our off season. Uh, <laughs> That's I'm, right. I'm Neo, or at Angstrom on Twitter. I'm joined by May Leets at Nick Spheres on Twitter. That's right. Um, it's me. Uh, go. We can. You can check us out on Patreon at Patreon.com/excrement. Uh, before we really get into it, I'd like to uh, give a big old thank you and shout out to our sponsors. We have uh, Machine Age Productions. Um, if you want to escape all of the the drama and discourse of mainstream RPGs. Uh, why not go play play an indie RPG? Uh, yeah. like hashtag I hunt. Uh, it's fun. It's great. You get to hang out with your friends. There's just a ton of content and designs for it. Uh, you get you get to use an app. You, then you go and you, you kill a werewolf. Who doesn't want to? Who doesn't want to put a stake through a werewolf? It's good shit. Or I guess silver silver bullets. What kills a werewolf? I actually don't know. I've never had to kill a werewolf personally. I, you see that this is why this is why you need hashtag I hunt because you can you can learn how to kill a werewolf. This the is why economy. I need hashtag I hunt. Um, we'd also like to thank <laughs> Ambient Dream Studios. Uh, get some art for your walls. Get your some, walls. Get some art for your body. Uh, oh. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, no. Uh, go check them out. They're on Etsy. Uh, no one likes blank walls. It's a it's garbage. A bummer. It's garbo. I, I've seen those pictures like a million times this week that are like. Men really be living like this, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then it's just the inside of a church. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, my favorite is it's like it's like a uh, it's like a lawn chair, and then like a, just a TV on the floor. Oh yeah, they're like and it's just like an empty room. Yeah. Don't be like that. Don't be like that guy. Don't be like that. Go to go to um, Amy Dream Studio, Etsy. Yeah. Links in the description for for both of our sponsors. Yeah, and I, I before we continue, um, I'm assuming this is hitting uh, Sunday. Uh, it's like tomorrow. Uh, probably tomorrow okay. morning. Well, I'm assuming it hits Sunday. If it hits Sunday, then hello. Uh, I have great news. I um, I have a show tonight in Colorado Springs at the Triple Nickel. That's right. You should come out and say hey. The Trip Nick. Uh, come see me play some music. If my voice sounds a little shitty. It's because I have been screaming into a microphone for a week, rehearsing for this bullshit. Uh, I'm also going on a mini tour. We're going to Chicago. Uh, I'm going to be in Chicago on the 10th of this month. And then I'm coming back to Denver and the Springs. I'm going to play at Vultures on the, I want to say the 26th. So a bunch of shit going on. Uh, over here. And then October, I am absolutely filled with shows. I have one more that I know is like absolutely confirmed, and that is uh, Denver uh, Front Range Noise Festival. I am going to be fucking playing the night before Halloween, oh, which hell is great yeah. because my new album, My Dead Neopets, drops on the 31st. So you can be there like on when it happens. Wouldn't that be fucking dope? That Tickets are on sale now for that, actually. I'm also going to be there. Uh, oh, rad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not, not performing, just, 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 just watching, just, watching me. <laughs> yeah, hi. Uh, um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, come out. Uh, let's go. Let's did, fucking go. Did you come know, out. I never told you when I was a kid, we had the sandbox behind our little, well, this was before I we went to boarding school, so this was when it, like, we were all homeschooled, homeschooled in the same building. Yeah. We had the sandbox, and we had all Neopets. And for like forever, our go-to uh, recess entertainment of choice was we built little sand houses for our Neopets and had a had a Neopet society in the in the uh, in the sand sandbox outside of our school. Fun little fact. All right. Uh, no, but the topic of this episode, I was thinking on this, and I think the most interesting thing we could talk about is the ramifications of Spanish silver mining. Um, to to the global economy 
of the 16th century. Oh uh, yeah. May, you know, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, you know, I talk about uh, porn on the internet. And that's my job. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I talk about, yeah. you, I talk about girls getting cut up on the internet and that's what they pay me the big bucks for. That's fair. It has literal, like I listen, I actually have a lot of, uh, political opinions that's a very specific question is the problem but if you were talking about like if we were talking about like mining as a concept i grew up around fracking yeah in texas and let me tell you what that damaged the shit yeah. out of many many people listen, so listen. i don't know if that's a great what thing do you, to do what do you mean it, punching the earth until it coughs up until oil it comes is a good oil <laughs> like oh my no. god uh, no i was actually thinking um i we should just cause, just do a catch-all. Just let's talk about fucking movies, like not one movies. movie in particular. Just in general, just, just movies. Movies at like just okay. Well, so here's my hot take. I think uh -huh. I think cinema as an art form is um, it gives the illusion of ultimate freedom because it is the ultimate mixed media project in that it is a visual art, a uh -huh. photography. It is a mixed, uh, or it is an audio mm -hmm. uh, thing. It is going through linear time. Mm -hmm. it, it has the ability to tell a story or not tell a story. It, it has the ability to be poetic. Uh, it has the ability, but so I think that it gives the impression that it is the greatest art form because mm -hmm. it is unlimited. Right. But I think. Unfortunately, <laughs> and this might, I don't know, upset some folks. May, I hope not. I think that film is actually secretly limited. Mm -hmm. I think that it comes across as if it is not limited, but is actually more limited than most other things. Like, music can follow a billion structures, but if you've ever watched a noise musician just go to fucking town mm -hmm. and actually kill, like, and people love it, right? it's like... Wow, there really truly are no rules, right? Mm -hmm. um, but film, just on the most basic level, you have to have some kind of knowledge of something, and there's not really a whole lot of mis like. I I I say this very frequently that the that originality almost always exists external to intentionality. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do something original with intent, but it's easy to accidentally do something original. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, and I mean, well, it's it's like I think, well, and I I think that's part of why, um, for me at least, a lot of very early films are so interesting. Yeah, is because they're they're all all the rules that they're all the rules and like like modes of operation they're coming out of is from like plays and shit a yeah medium that i did i I worked in the theater department like high school and shit yeah i'm not like like i i haven't really like done or experienced a lot of like high-end yeah. playcraft yeah and so it like it's so it's like the rules just went directly from like playcraft to film sets and i think part of the reason i find them so interesting is you can is is that that direct inspiration feels like originality when I be, just on um, just because I, I I haven't seen like Broadway shit right lot. exactly right I I I notable not Hamilton right. enjoyer well well I to mention that like the dichotomy between theater and so so somebody I had a theater teacher tell me the thing about theater is uh, here the biggest difference to be honest between theater and film. Every time you are watching an act of theater, you are watching something generally live because, like, for whatever reason, a lot of theater purists think that, like, televised theater is not the same. The idea is, like, literally watching people interact in this very specific way right in front of you for real mm -hmm. right now. The the thing is, if that or is the ramification of theater that it has to happen live on stage in front of you, then that means every time you're seeing somebody do theater, this is them practicing. Mm -hmm. Because the only way to truly get a full like impression of a performance is if that person is is like basically taking whatever rehearsed version of wherever they're at and showing that to people 
with the mindset of improving it for future performances. Mm-hmm. So, like, every act of theater is a rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the reason a lot of theater is bad is because for many people, they've only had to rehearse, they've only been able to really rehearse two, three times. They don't have a shitload of experience. And so, like, experiencing it is kind of, it's kind of like a bee sting where they're, right. they're as terrified of you as you are of them. Yeah. The, the theater folks, and I know this because I've, I've done theater in my life. Um, the theater folks are generally terrified of revealing this interpretation, this right. current version of their interpretation of Shakespeare or some right. bullshit. Well, on, I will say, like, the, 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 the live professional, like, not high school level theater I have seen have yeah. been, like, Shakespeare's in the park. And I will say, I, I have, like, thoroughly enjoyed every, oh, shit, like, yeah. every rendition of that I've seen. I fucking love Shakespeare, but... um. That's that's a that's a May thing. Cindy is here. <laughs> Cindy is here. Cindy, do you have, do you have any opinions on this? She's sniffing the microphone. I don't think she's gonna say anything. No, no. no she doesn't silence. usually. She doesn't usually do microphones. No, but if we put it outside the window, yeah, she would just belligerently scream at it. Probably, yeah. Um. Uh, anyway. But but yeah. So but film there. This is something that. A lot of people are are really against, but film is trying to take the concept of production on on a on a film level and apply this it's a it's an active rehearsal mm-hmm. every time they do it approach to making literal tangible film mm-hmm. So like early filmmakers and the like auteur theory and and shit like that was all about like trying to look at film in the same way that lo- we look at like you know uh, an artistic painting where it's like somebody or, or like a self portrait right they're painting a version of themselves that they want to see so you can psychoanalyze the work based on the auth- like the author of the work um but when we when we look at film now you know, a lot of people talk about remakes and sequels and uh, reboots and shit like that being shitty. But in a lot of ways, they are a continuation of a lot of theatrical concepts. It's just, we're just doing this production again. We're going to do a production right. of this with this person. This person's got a spicy take on this character. They're going to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Like, And that's the way that people are, are kind of looking at it. And I think that's... Like, I think that's a fairly charitable way of looking at the the future of film. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, like, you know, does this does this lend itself to the dissemination of original ideas? Like, are right. we not going to be getting original ideas? I mean, uh, on a studio level, fuck no. But have we? You no. know, when you look back at the entire body of film, how many times have we just been repeating ourselves when we've been right. saying something sensibly different? Yeah. Yeah, like and I think that's why I know he's a bit of a meme, but I really like Neil Blockcamp or whatever his, his yeah. South African name is. It's because I I do feel like he genuinely approaches film from his like from his own very distinct right like artistic license. And while like I think you know his stuff isn't as like good as a lot of things, and, and like a lot of his the stuff he's doing nowadays are is a bit he's like, accepted weird. his his thing that he's trying to show. Yeah, I, I and he's I, trying to show it in a. Yeah, I, I like I like that he just kind of like makes makes movies for himself, right. right? Like it's like I can't believe any studio is like you want to make a movie about like about Joburg, primarily. Uh, yeah, about racism in Joburg. Uh, okay. Oh, you want to make a movie about about AI in Joburg? Uh huh. Oh, you want to make a movie about wealth inequality in, in in Joburg? Joburg? Uh, okay. <laughs> Right. All like, right. Like he just wants to make movies about about how how Johannesburg like like influenced him in his life and growing up and shit. And I yeah. love that for him. Right. Well, so have you seen the new Channel Five video? Uh, which for, one is for it? context, I I watch a lot of Channel Five because cultural anthropology is my big thing. Like I'm right. constant. I I even this is why I watch a lot of gore videos. Right. <laughs> like to try and understand life uh, and people. 
because uh, I'm like a weird insect. I, I tell people this a lot. I'm like a weird praying mantis person who like looks at life and I'm like, ooh, what are the humans doing? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why I'm like this. But, but yeah, so Channel 5 is just stimulating for me uh, on that level. So um, uh, the new Channel 5 video is about uh, in Chicago, uh, I think it's called Drill Music. It's basically just like hardcore rap. Uh, uh-huh. It's like gangster rap, but the gangster rap is like very targeted. It's like it literally intentionally being like, I have a gun. <laughs> here it is. Here it is on the camera. And uh, here's the guy I'm literally going to kill and shoot with this gun. <laughs> and then like a week after the single drops, everybody's like, ah, oh, fuck, this single goes so hard. That dude's dead. Like, right. <laughs> for real. And like, that's amazing. Uh, I love that personally. But uh, my point with this is that accidental fame in the midst of of chaos is hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me. And Neil Blomkamp, I think, accident- accidentally <laughs> ends up in that kind of weird category right. where he's like, yeah, I want to make movies about Joe Berg, but, and there'll be fucking, you know, I'll use aliens as a metaphor for the thing. For racism. Yeah, and, and cool, cool beans, let's go. Um, and then, like, Everybody goes, yo, is that really what the world's like? Mm-hmm. Whoa, cool. Right. That's awesome. And then suddenly this guy's able to make pretty much whatever he wants. And he's like, well, let's just put some more Joburg in there. Yeah, let's just keep right? telling the people well, what it's like out here. Joburg's an unhinged city. I, 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 I yeah. love and hate Johannesburg. Yeah. But it's like, it's like imagine, imagine sub, like, like a, su- a suburban neighborhood. Right. But every house had 10 foot walls with with razor wire on top right like it's like it's crazy well and like deont word right they're they're like they're like <laughs> they're like nightmare people that live in joburg nightmare right? or not necessarily rapists. joburg but they live in they live in africa i think they're pretty well no they're I mean, not I mean, great they're, people they're they're, they're south africa they're I th- fucking I think, awful listen but, i'm gonna come after i'm gonna come after the 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 the, the, the boars the Afrikaners, real quick. Oh, I think that okay. like there's no better sum of of the fucked up ass like the fucked up cultural aspects of 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 the the Boer Afrikaners. I can't remember what what the yeah. right term is, but like it's it, it's like if, if if they like if they sucked out all of the shit of yeah. that culture and like consolidated it into two shitty people. It's like the Donald Trump of, like, South African culture. Right? Like, you just take the worst aspects of, like, everything and you put it into a public figure and there you go. I always, I always felt when I saw them that I was like, this is like, uh, this is kind of like juggalo shit. Right. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, what if, (laughs) what if you took the, the like, weirdo kind of school shooter guy, kid, uh, and gave him his own rap right. project and told him he was a killer clown. It's, then it's like suddenly it's like, and it's exactly that, right? So that's that. Well, it's the same with Deontward, but at the same time, like Deontward is very influenced by like experimental film and crazy weird shit like that. So when they came to the visual side of it, they were just like, "Yeah, we're just gonna fucking be shocking and crazy." But on a on a them level. They very much represent the place they came from. Right. Yeah. And, and well, and I say the same thing about ICP. They came from Detroit. Right. So it's like, yeah, the like punk ass kid in Detroit that's like a white kid who's like getting bullied all the time and he fucking is going to totally kill a bunch of people. <laughs> right. He gets to have a band. Isn't that great? Yeah. Well, and, and like, and, and in a weird way, like, I feel like you can't, you can't marginalize that idea in any way. Like I almost, I'm very forgiving to juggalos in, in any kind of context, generally right. because they're like impoverished people uh, in the midst of probably crisis. Right. And, and like, and, and juggalos are great because that, because they're like, and, and, and uh, like I'm at least from my perception, perception, right. Yeah. They're like general anger at the world and societies because they view it as like, unfair but because they're viewing it from this place of like poverty right which is exactly. understandable right exactly like being upset at society that 
that puts you in poverty and kicks you while you're well, down and, to poverty. And this is what I liked about Deont Word for five seconds. But and I think this is what everybody liked the, about them because the, they came across like they were talking about poverty too. Right. But then we but learned the problem, they handled rich fame very badly. Right. Well, even, but even beyond that, there's this problem where... Um, like when when a white kid from Illinois yeah has this like white rage at poverty in society they they go join ICP but the <laughs> the the culture or the, not not join but like 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 they go be <laughs> they a juggler right carnival. yeah yes um, but the the like you know you know the white kid from Illinois the the rage is is because of like like societal and economic pressures right I think uh there's there's still this big problem where like the source of a lot of white rage in South Africa is the fact that they uh ended the apartheid yeah. and that's so like when that's just kind of like the like like the root of the, the source and, and, and I'm not saying yeah. that like Diartwood or any South African alive right now is is I'm not putting words in their mouth right like unless somebody right. is a white supremacist there I'm not saying that that this is where they're coming from but there is just this element of like cultural we'll white call it angst. a vibe yeah yeah a culture of white um, angst like, like against that and it's like you know you know you, you like, like go watch any documentary that like that deals with south africa like i loved yeah. the uh the hamilton's pharmacopoeia where he goes yeah, to yes. to like look at uh quaaludes right and he like just goes in the slums of, of well i think he went yeah. to the slums of cape town so, yeah. yeah but anyway but like you know i don't know it's just it's just that's 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 it's one of my problems with that. Would I think like a lot of their the anger they're tapping into comes from a pretty bad place? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I I think you're uh, I think you're spot on. I mean, generally, I I feel I feel there is a there is a huge difference between like the inner city vibe um, in the United States versus like the uh, ended ended apartheid right vibe of of Africa. It's I, I you know I, I don't know if I've talked to you about this very much at all, but there's like there's so having grown up in Africa, mm-hmm. there are two kinds of of white Africans. Yes. Um, and it's like it's they're they're the ones who are like really shitty about their like their inherited wealth and inherited yeah. status mm-hmm. and that culture, and then they're like then they're the dudes that I would always hang out with when I could, who were like just unhinged like hates like like hates the other the other group of like white people yeah like just kind of reckless jackasses and there's like there's no middle i i, I haven't seen any middle no crowd, middle sliders right like you're either yeah. like, like you're either posh drinking tea and like looking at anyone not white funny even though you're in kenya yeah or you're you've been like cutting roses for 12 hours and you're playing rugby with your friends in a like in the middle of a buffalo herd like there's no middle ground. yeah exactly well yeah it, it sounds like it's people that are like i want to americanize this or or not necessarily even americanize it's like i want to call i call continue, colonize continue this to yeah colonize i would like to continue Kenya. colonizing this or people going i would like to live the way that this place is intended to be lived right <laughs> um and it's sort of like yeah, it's it's literally that thing I was talking about before this where it was like take the bull by the horns or you fucking bite the bullet, you know what I mean? Right. Uh so that's that's like man that manifests culturally. That's right. great. Uh yeah, I, I didn't grow up in Africa, admittedly, so I don't have the most context, but I have seen, you know, um, enough documentary footage <laughs> to have an impression of it. Um mm-hmm. but well, and I've also watched enough people die in Africa just from fucking bullshit cell phone videos that, right. like, I don't know. I, I hate that. It's about me. I... Like, that. that's, that's the root of my, of well, my cultural anthropology I mean, knowledge. I, right. I know about the way people die in different countries, most primarily. Well, I don't know. I, like, I, I've definitely experienced... I, I've definitely experienced more death growing yeah. up in my childhood yeah. in Africa than I have in my adult life in the States. Yeah, but just because in the states, like, like I, I, you never get like, oh yeah, your your eight year old friend uh, got cerebral malaria, went into a coma and died. Yeah, like, rest in peace. Yeah, like yeah. you know, you know, it's 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 like I remember one time my uh, 
my so my dad and his coworker like co-ran this like radio station. Yeah. And they had this this guy who was like directly under them who's kind of like their cultural like uh, helped help culturally interpret from from these two like super introverted engineers mm-hmm. to to their 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 staff and their engineers. Yeah. But this guy like one day he was like, yeah, like he came into work and he, and he was a bit off and my my dad was like, like, what's wrong? He's like, yeah, they found my brother in a field and they drained all of his blood for voodoo rituals. Ah, um, bummer. And my dad's like, <laughs> my dad's like, do you do you want to go home? Like, do you need to take time off? He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, I already mourned. I'm fine. And it's like, you know, okay. it's just like, I don't know, this like crazy way of looking. Or it's like, I like both looking at death, accepting death, and like, I don't yeah. know, being being around it. It's just, I don't know. It it definitely was like. Uh, formative on on childhood me. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that's true. <laughs> I that's yeah, that's wild. Um, but I don't know. Like I I, I experienced quite a bit of death when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like I I had a lot of death in my life. Like um, my grandparents. It was bad. Like like they had COPD, both of them, mm-hmm. uh, really fucking bad. And so I did years of like bedside at hospitals, like with them, mm-hmm. uh, literally every day. And I remember this one time, uh, I I hadn't like done homework that I was meant to do for school um, for weeks, like weeks. Like I hadn't turned shit in. And, uh, and everybody at school, like my teachers were like, are you okay? What's going on? And, uh, I had this one teacher who was like a math teacher and she was just like awful. She, uh, just started yelling at me, just yelling at me, just going off about how I was not, you know, doing my work and applying myself. And I just started crying Mm -hmm. like a lot. And then it was just crying, crying, crying. And then like a bunch of people were around me and they were just like, what's the deal? Why are you crying? (laughs) And I was just like, I couldn't stop and I couldn't communicate what even was going on. And then like, they had to bring in other teachers to try and talk to me. So they brought like three other teachers in. They were like, honey, can you please just talk to us about what's going on? And I was like, I don't even know. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's literally like, that was the moment I realized that the stress and strain of literally being at the hospital, seeing my grandparents every single day, like mm-hmm. watching them die for like four years, uh, like d- did pretty serious psychological damage. <laughs> like right. that was the moment I noticed. Uh, and I was like a child. I was only like, you know, like 12 and I was like, Oh my God. Right. Um, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sure wish that had not have happened to me. Right. Uh, but, but also, like, I don't know. Like, up until literally the moment my grandma died, she didn't think she was going to die. Like, ever. Right. <laughs> like, ever. Mm-hmm. And then, like, watching her be wrong, like, in a moment, like, literally watching her die. Right. Um when I was 12 or 13, um, I was like, ooh, <laughs> she was wrong. <laughs> right. And that was like the ego-shattering moment for my life, and I just have never really recovered from that. Yeah. It's not to say that I like, that's like a bad thing. I just bit the inside of my mouth really hard. <laughs> uh, that's not, it's not to say that that's like a bad thing. Uh, I actually think it's been fairly good for me because like, Mm-hmm. Most people I know have had fairly easy lives. Right. I, I would say. You know, it's not well economically things have been a bitch <laughs> for the last few years. So it's right. hard to say if anybody's having an easy life, but I would say their upbringings were fairly easy. I I had I knew one other kid whose mom died of a fucking aneurysm. Right. One day randomly. And I knew that kid and that kid was not doing great. Uh-huh. Um, and like that kid and me were very similar. Um, but mm-hmm. me and like everybody else, like nobody, nobody I knew had a shitload of tragedy in their life. Right. So like, um, it just 
it kind of isolated me when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So when I got to a place when I was older, it was just sort of like not shocking concept to me, where it was a shocking concept to most other Americans. And it was, I don't know, it was fucked up because like when uh, 9-11 happened, like I watched it live. I know everybody did, but like I watched it live and I was a kid, um, you know, and then you know, my grandparents like died in front of me, watched it, you know, I watched it happen. Um, and then Iraq war, you know, uh, TV news was always on and the TV news, I don't know if you know this, but in the two thousands, the TV news was a little spicy. They showed some (laughs) shit on there. Like you, you would see people die on the fucking news all the time. Right. So like, I was pretty used to watching uh, people die in war, like, after a while. Because it was just all, like, the news was always on. I was always interested in what was going on in the news. And that meant that I was always seeing people die in car bombs. <laughs> and so it was just like, damn, dude. Right. Uh, all right. Um, so, like, death as a concept has pretty much always been in my life. Mm-hmm. Um. And I feel like most people had lives that were fairly devoid of it until right. lately. And I think the uh, COVID, COVID weirdly shattered so many people's ideas uh, that they were just going to live forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, that's, that's the thing. I think that's why... Um, so this person I was dating, her parents were anti-vaxxers. Mm-hmm. And they also did, they refused to wear masks. They, they would get pissed off at people if they saw somebody wearing a mask. It was, it was a fucking nightmare. Um, but in, in, in at any time spending time with them, I was always like, they, uh, they, don't, they don't genuinely believe that COVID is not real. They, they say they believe it's not real, but right. what they're actually saying is they don't want it to be real. Right. And well, they don't want to wear a mask, right, because they don't want to have to wear a mask. Right. They don't, they, they want to live in this world of make-believe, and it's like... Where they live forever. Right, right. Well, and it's like, it's like when I worked at the, uh, I worked as a dispatcher at a uh, yeah. EMS company. Yeah. And, yes. and a, a, a couple of the, the people who worked there would just, would just like echo this anti-COVID rhetoric where it's like, it's not real. It doesn't infect you. All that, all that like straight from Fox News bullshit. Yeah. But every single fucking time without fail, I would say, hey, the, the patient's COVID positive. Yeah. And, and they, would, they would go, fuck, shit, fuck, God damn it. And they would put on their fucking suit. Right? Yeah. And it, like, 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 there wasn't even, and, and they, they wouldn't have, like, like, they would complain that, that they needed to wear the suit, but they never complained that, like, they, they were never like, oh, I couldn't catch COVID from this patient, right? It was always, right. Oh, shit, I have to wear this suit now. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, it's like, you know, so it's like, you can sit here and you can, you can tell me, but the moment, like, you can, you can tell me all this shit about how it's not real and shit. The moment I tell you that, that, that the, the patient has COVID-like symptoms, you gear up head to toe. Yeah, you're in. Like, oh, your, your beliefs. <laughs> right? It's, what's the phrase? It's when the rubber hits the road? Yeah. Yeah. You like, know, when so, the rubber hits the road, though, we're right. fucking off to the races on the whole, COVID's very real, let's not die from it. Yeah. You know, well, and it's like these people, it's like despite the rhetoric, they've sat in the back of an ambulance watching someone like drowned in their lungs. Right. Well, and, and like people be like, that shit ain't serious. But like the uh, the fucking hospitals, like if you've if you've listened to anybody talk about their experience, like working in a and uh, you have working in hospitals in the midst of that pandemic. Like, okay, that job you took for the EMS place, that was, like, what, a year into the pandemic? Yeah. A year and a half-ish? You did that for six months, maybe, before you were like, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> like, I can't do this anymore. And, and, like, that was just what you were doing. Like, that had nothing to do with, like, as bad as it was. And, right. And, and, and like, I agree. 
that some fucking things are so surreal that are happening on Earth that you genuinely are thinking to yourself, there's no fucking way that's actually happening. There's no way that's real. There's no way that's possible. But the fucking fact of the matter is, pandemic fucking happened and people drowned in their fucking lungs. Like, that is real. That, that happened. Yeah. And, and every single one of those people that died probably didn't think they were going to fucking die. And, and it's not to say that they were all, like, bad people. I just mean that, like, most people don't think they're going to die until the moment that they do. Right. And then they go, oh, shit, that's right. Yeah. And, and so it's like, that sucks. There's that. And right. then on top of that, but, but, but my generation of Americans grew up with like 9-11, the Iraq war. And if you watch TV, you know, you watch people die regularly on, on, on public TV. Right. And, and my parents didn't want to accept that this was real because it happened too fast. So my parents' generation was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down. I would like, You're to, saying, speak, I would like to speak to COVID's manager. Exactly. It, it's too fast. And then the generation before that said, fucking sounds like some bullshit to me. I don't think the germs are real. <laughs> and then they're like, oh no, I'm dead. And then the youth were all like, yo, <laughs> we watched people die in Iraq. This is well, real, dude. We're going to die here. And, the and it changed... Uh, that our generation it caused this like rift between the generations. The, like, the generation rift. before the boomers went, oh shit, the influenza. Well, I bet I should wear a mask, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Damn, I really don't want to die from this well, bullshit. And, and we were talking about this before the podcast started. But do you really? Do we really think that history is literally just the same group of monkey? Arguing with itself <laughs> about whether or not it's a monkey, and right. then it dies, and then is respawned, and is a monkey, and is like, "Am I alive? What's happening? Is this real? What's going on?" And we all have like such a worry that we're gonna lose our life, but like, what is life? What is it? It's right. weird. It's fucking weird. Like, we just spawn, right? <laughs> and then we fucking we make friends, and our friends are usually the people that are the, the most like us. Right. So we end up bouncing ideas off of our friends, which is literally just like bouncing ideas around in your mind. And then like, if you got a best friend, you know, you'd be kind of weird if you never went into yourself in your own mind. Damn. What if my best friend here is not actually real? And I am just, I, I, I am just and have per- always perceiving. been a figment of your imagination. I fucking know, but like, but my point is, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. Where, where at some point you go, like, am I, am I alone? In, in, in a weird way, and yes, the answer is yes, which right. is a fucked up weird way to look at it. But like, I know I'm getting really. <laughs> I'm going. All right. But, like, oh, yeah. I'm, do we need I'm, to I'm even a, add? No, we How did that start. Oh, I'm gonna pull this right. back from the brink, yeah. May. What's your favorite okay. post-COVID movie? Like movie that you can directly feel the the influence of COVID on the film. Oh Jesus! Oh fuck! Um, <laughs> oh my God! I actually no idea. I had this conversation. So for context, I graduated from film school and then I was still living in Texas for like a couple of years. Um, I did like a year in Fort Worth and then I moved out to Denton. I was in Denton for a year or two. And, um, and I still had a friend uh, that I went to school with named Matt. Uh, hey, Matt, if you're around. Um, he's great. He might do a music video for me. I love Matt. Um, but oh, anyway, yeah. yeah. So Matt, um, Matt would come around. Uh, and we would talk, and we frequently, because we were both film people, came from the film world, we would both frequently talk about how, like, you know, what, um, what is going to become of film now right. that COVID has happened? Because genuinely, it's kind of a horror. Right. Because the way we respond to things nowadays seems to be Fortnite dancing, <laughs> uh, fidget spinning, 
or you know what I mean? Well, it it feels like there's always this like weird kind of fad trend way that people look at things, and it it makes things impossibly cringy to understand. Right. Well, and like just since I've asked the question, like I had I had some answers in my head, and then I realized they were all made before COVID. Yeah, right? like yeah, you know. So I think like in terms of dealing with COVID, I think tr- the show Chernobyl on HBO yeah. is like the perfect. Like, it's just a prefer- perfect, like, oh, this giant fucking societal disaster happened. We have to deal with it. Yeah. Like, show. Yeah. But remember when we watched the new Mortal Kombat? Yes. And, like, and, like th- there would be in these, like, fighting arenas, and then, like, all the audience would be six feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Um, yo, uh, I saw Thor Love and Thunder. Uh-huh. That's a post-COVID movie. I think... Uh, I was talking to uh, my girlfriend about this the other day. Uh, we were talking about Marvel <laughs> movies, and we were talking about how, like, Marvel movies uh, generally, there's too much bullshit that is required to jump into a Marvel movie and enjoy it. Right. So, like, even if it was an enjoyable film, it's you have to have so much prior contextual knowledge right, that jumping into it becomes impossible. That's why I stopped watching. Cause like when, when multiverse yeah. madness came out, it's like, wait, I have to watch how, how many, how many straight to Disney plus shows? <laughs> Fuck. Oh, hell well, no. Well, so check this out. I did watch multiverse of madness. Okay. I thought it was terrible for the first like 45 minutes. It got interesting then it got good, and then I liked it. Okay. But then I saw... So Thor, Love, and Thunder. I I really thought that... I, I, I don't know. I really thought I was going to hate it, uh-huh. and, which is weird because Taika Waititi direct, read, directed it, and I like Taika. Yeah. Everybody likes Taika. Um, I like New Zealanders, just in general. Yeah, I mean, I liked uh, what we do in the shadows, too, so... I haven't. I, I've never been to New Zealander. I don't like. I I actually feel the same way. Um, you know, the only New Zealander I think I I openly dislike is the Christchurch shooter. <laughs> <laughs> like I, that guy can fucking. I was watching. Get I was listening to this podcast where yeah. it was it was an imam that flew from Australia. Like the moment he heard it happen, yeah, he booked a ticket and flew to Christchurch to help out. Yeah, and he helped like wash the dead and shit. And anyway, his he was just talking about his experiences with that, and it was like just the craziest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, next but level anyway. shit. But but yeah, anyway, um, Thor: Love and Thunder. I I watched it and I liked it because it was a movie about how God is a failure and will let you down, and you should just kill him immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, it, and the only thing that's worth doing is like loving your fellow human and being kind to the other people who are grieving. Because right. everybody, everybody thinks that their grief is like personal, and no one understands. But everyone understands. Right. Like grief. And, and see, this is how we're tying this back into well, death. We were talking about movies, but now we're talking about yeah. death. It's just like everybody thinks that their grief is their own, but grief is universal. No, no one likes to experience death. Well, and that's why I really hated the whatever fucking the, the movie after Infinity War where they it was in game in game oh where, I, where well, so, nothing no, but, where no one actually dies and but, everything is magic well, well, it, i know it, people it, do it, die but it's like so but but beyond anyway. that right like so hulk plays so, so 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 beyond everything just like hitting the giant reset button yeah. right they're trying to deal with societal trauma but they just like so and, and and so thor thor's the most traumatized character in that like everyone else is in good is like has been hurt and traumatized but is 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 in good spirits and Thor has been broken as a man and has given up. Yeah. And instead of like dealing with that and dealing 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 with with like with with Thor's brokenness, they just make fun of it the whole yeah, movie. Yeah, they make fun of it the whole movie. And, and it's like they also use fatness to symbolize uh, depression. Right. And, and that sucks. It's dick. really fucked up. Well, and it's really fucked up because in uh Thor Ragnarok, they did a excellent job of of having yeah. thor work through his uh his grief and even even in endgame there's like yeah. the moment where 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 he's like he's like yes i'll do this and then rocket's like if you do that you'll die he's like i don't I give w- a fuck unless i won't and everyone's like but you're gonna die 
And he's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, whatever. Like, it's Who like, cares? it's like, this has to get done. All right. Just, yeah. just, just like, stop trying to point, point out the consequences of this action and let me do it. Right. Right. So, I don't know. It just, uh, it's just really frustrating that, like, they, they, they really took, like, the, gr- I don't know. I think, I do think Thor Ragnarok is the greatest Marvel movie. I, uh, I agree. You know what? That it's a tie between that and Guardians Two. I do really like. Guardians I like Guardians Two, yeah. but like, but it was because they took, like, they they really, honestly and genuinely, or Taika honestly and genuinely dealt with yeah. Thor's trauma. Yeah. Well, and like, I is it? But 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 look, uh, ah, <laughs> all right. Sorry, all right. I'm <laughs> I'm, my, I'm losing my mind. Um. So, my my. Uh, only real take on that is that I think that is the bar so fucking low <laughs> that all all they have to do <laughs> is deal with like the actual emotions that are in the deck of playing cards that well, they're dealing right in front of me for, for me Marvel. to fucking think that it doesn't suck. It is a- for Marvel. No, you're right, and I I agree. I think that Thor Ragnarok and Guardians Two are good movies. Mm-hmm. That is the thing I would say about them, though. Is that I think they're good movies. Um, I would argue they're good movies. Is it like life changing shit? No. Fuck no. Fuck no. You know what I mean? And so, but the the reason I'm saying the the Love and Thunder thing is I had this conversation with Matt where we were talking about movies are gonna take a hit. They're gonna suck. They're gonna be this like fad oriented Fortnite dancey bullshit crap about death for years <laughs> like right. that's what's gonna happen and we were mostly right uh, that's the shit part is we were mostly right like most of the post-covid movies i've seen have been hunky-dory funny bouncy movies about death right which i fucking why are we clowns well, and so thor love and thunder is a movie about how God has abandoned you and you should abandon him back I, and, and fuck everything. And also life is fucked up and people die and that sucks. Loved ones die and that right. sucks. But there's no bullshit like hunky-dory attitude. They're like literally dealing with it. Right. They literally deal with it. And, 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 and I, again... Just like Thor Ragnarok and just like Guardians 2, the thing I will say about it is that it was a good movie. Right. Okay? It was a good movie. The, the, the bar is that fucking low that that is going to be. But if we're talking about a movie after COVID that I saw that I liked, I'm going to go with Thor Love and Thunder only because it was a good movie in the sense that people talked about grief. Go ahead. What do you, what? Suicide Squad, the reboot. <sighs> it was all right. It was all right. Yeah, it was all right. I don't know, but I, I, I it didn't I, change my life. It didn't blow my mind. Listen, it I, was a funny meta textual meta narrative movie. I I like the part where Harley Quinn kills that guy and he's like, "I said I wouldn't avoid any red flags in the future." Bam! Like no. I loved that. That was great. No, well, no, okay. But the reason I'm bringing it up is is because it does deal with like traumatized people getting over or like 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 moving past the trauma and learning to learning to re-engage with society or yeah. like re-engage with each other yes that's what i did like about it like like the yeah. uh rat catcher too <laughs> that the whole bit with her oh yeah yeah well yo uh do you know about the black phone do you know about that at what? all you hear about that the black phone no, no? okay it's a movie it's good um so it's based on a joe hill book which is Joe Hill is Stephen King's son. Oh. oh. And uh, so turns out Joe Hill has actually written quite a bit of material that uh, is fairly solid and has been made into movies and people generally like. Uh-huh. Um, the Black Phone has Ethan Hawke in it. it and he's a, he's a murderer, serial killer, child rapist. Isn't that gnarly? Anyway, so, so taking that uh, just ever so further the the fun bit of uh the black phone is that it's like a kid locked in a room calling other dead children on the phone to ask them how he should escape the child rapist and everybody in the whole movie stands at least six feet apart and (laughs) and everything looks like they were just like well um then they talk on the phone 
Right. <laughs> like, you know right. What I mean? And then they're going to talk on the phone from a distance. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like a weird, like, if you squint, it's almost like Zoom call the movie. Right. Like a Zoom call the horror movie. It's like, damn, I'm stuck in this room. I can't leave. There's a threat outside. And the only thing I can do is I can call my friends on Zoom and ask them how to get out of the situation. And that's all I can do, just to cope, just to be there for each other, right? That was a fairly good COVID movie. I, uh, that was a pretty good one. I'm pretty proud it. of where we took this podcast, because literally, if you hadn't have gone into the, the thing, I just want to talk about how much I like Ridley Scott. What did Ridley... Oh, House of Gucci, dude. Was, I, that, I was, was that prior to COVID? Uh, or was that mid COVID? I think I think I was. I thought or I thought Adam Driver got COVID on the set of that. I wanted to say that happened. I think did he get it from Lady Gaga when they were just like you know, <laughs> no. going for it? <laughs> That'd have been great. Uh, uh, no. I don't understand why I have to release a press release about whether or not I have a penis. Um, uh, the the last <laughs> duel's definitely COVID. Yeah, that was okay. We didn't, I, I was did mixed. you finish it? No. No. We've only watched two thirds of it. I yeah, I love Ridley Scott. Um, but when he misses, he misses hard for me. Uh I don't know. That one just didn't there was nothing appealing for no, me it, there. Yeah, yeah. Haskuchi did is post COVID. I no, loved that movie. Like, that was one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a very good no movie. shit. Well, I like, I like that movie literally changed the way I was looking at so much shit because I was I was like Oh yeah, I mean, I know that. Okay, because there's this, there's this like problem uh, with House of Gucci. Well, with with the way we look at the rich, because we look at them simultaneously as, um, as like heroes worth worshiping. We also look at them as victims. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Worth worth kind of like being uh babied. Hum- uh, yeah, being yeah coddled. Um, we also view them as dumb. So we infantilize mm-hmm. them. And we also uh, g- all say the same thing. Let's just treat them like normal people. Right. You know what I mean? So when you tell their stories in a way that is just so matter of fact, where it's like guy loves girl. Girl wants what the, the life that guy can provide. Right. So she fucks him real good. <laughs> and his brother or his like uh cousin is a fucking idiot. And his cousin <laughs> would literally ruin everybody's lives. So it does benefit them both to try and get him out of the fucking picture. Right. And then once that happens, it's fucking fair game whatever happens after that cuz everybody's going to try and reach for that crown. Right. So it's like, it's it, it's looking at them as like evil, hungry, starving though. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, uh, <laughs> the temptation brought upon by literally just the name Gucci is responsible for bloodshed. Right. A lot of it. Yeah. No, I was actually just going to talk about the alien movies, mostly. Oh, what what alien movie? Uh, just Ridley Scott's <laughs> Alien. Yeah. Have you been watching that recently? What have you been watching recently? Anything? No. Uh, I've been rewatching uh, uh, fuck, Adventure Bros. Oh, that's fun. Uh, but no, I've I've really, I, I've been meaning to watch stuff. I just like. Yeah. I've I've. My the big work project that I was working on for my job ended yeah. this week, so I finally am gonna have like actual free time going forward, which is Ooh. very nice. So I haven't been watching shit. No, but no, I I, I saw someone with the uh with with the uh, Nostromo captain's hat today, uh-huh. and I was like, that's a cool fucking hat. That's a cool hat. You like alien? You like uh-huh. alien? No, yeah. <laughs> I, no, I, and also, well, well that got me thinking about Ridley Scott and shit. I, I legitimately didn't have anything profound to talk about it. I was yeah. just going to be like, isn't it cool when the alien is like crawling through the air ducts and shit and it like drops out? And it's like, I have something profound. I kind of think that uh, James Cameron is a hack and he sucks. Yeah. I like the Terminator. I, I, I haven't seen the Terminator. I actually love Terminator. Um, I haven't seen the Terminator. I haven't seen the Terminator 2. Haven't even seen Terminator 3. I don't care about Terminator 2. I don't know. 
I'm just being spicy. Do we should we should we should we watch the Terminator? Audience, should yeah, I should yeah, I watch no, the Terminator? We should watch it. We didn't even watch Demon House from the last episode. What's wrong with us? But but no, we should uh, we should watch Terminator. The first right. Terminator is really good. So just think about this, right? James Cameron makes a movie about how uh, he has a nightmare that he is being chased by a a robot from the future <laughs> with guns, and he's like, "Shit, that sounds." Fucking terrifying. Like, wouldn't it be just terrifying to learn in any given moment that you, yes, you, are actually going in 20 years going to fuck the whole world up? So they've sent a robot back in time to kill you. Like, that's amazing. Uh, I think that's a great idea. I don't care about the sequel. I do really like the first movie. Uh, the what Abyss is a- whatever. Um, James Cameron Avatar is crap. I, I, Sorry, I, I do want. I really want to rewatch this movie. I okay. I, I want to rewatch Avatar. Yeah, but not, I don't want to just rewatch on my laptop. I want to get some good fucking speakers, a big fucking TV, and I want to rewatch it in the way James Cameron wanted me to watch it with your dick so, in your hand. So with my dick <laughs> in my hand, so I can stand before James Cameron. And I realize now that the physical comedy of me getting up. Is is failing me, but I want to stand and look James Cameron in the fucking eye with my dick in my hand, and I and, and I want to tell him Avatar. that I watched Avatar the way you intended, my and in man. the year of our oh Lord twenty twenty two, it is bad. It is. I don't like. It has it. failed the Have test you- of time. There's a sequel coming out. There's like know? four or five planned, isn't there? Yeah, but oh, James Cameron no. isn't directing any other ones. Ah, I, he's leaving. Um, ah, no, he's so, like, I don't know if I want to do this for the remainder of my life. Uh, I, he looked I, at, he stared down his Code Gigax or Codex, whatever that Codex Gigax or whatever it's called, and was like, Oh no, I got to write this for twenty fucking years, and it's got to include the Bible. I, Maybe yeah. I shouldn't. Uh, Listen, it's funny that. <laughs> That like Ridley Scott is in his like, I'm gonna die and I'm gonna face whatever's after death and I'm gonna make movies about me wrestling with that. And James Cameron's like, what if I did a big old racism? Ah, uh, beautiful. <laughs> what if what if the what if the Native Americans had a white person to help them fight? Yeah. Well, he see he's got to look native, or they won't trust him. Ah, no interracial dating allowed. I am, I am genuinely shocked he didn't like like that movie uh, is about how you can be transracial, which I think <laughs> sucks. <laughs> like, I, I, I I'm shocked he didn't have like like the in like, like the feather plume. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, right. Well, okay. So aliens was the reason yeah. I started talking shit. A Titanic. First off, have you seen Titanic? No. Great action movie. Terrible movie. <laughs> uh, but Aliens. Great action movie. Terrible movie. I I don't like James. What? What's this face? I thought Aliens was Ridley Scott. No, Alien is Alien. Ridley Scott. Aliens is the sequel. Oh, wait. You don't like Aliens? I think it's fine. It's game over, man. Great action movie. Terrible movie. Okay. Like, as far as, like, what I would want people to do with Alien if they were making a sequel, not even close. Not even fucking close. My my biggest Alien hot take is I'm, I just get annoyed that every single Alien movie has the moment where they think they've killed the Alien, but in reality, there's still 15 more minutes of movie, so the Alien has to come back. And I yeah. just kind of wish it would end the first time at least once. Because, like, the second giant fight against the alien is never as satisfying as the first one. Well, no, because at that point, you've seen the thing, you you know what it can do, and there's no real stakes. Cause yeah. Because what else is there to learn? Humans like to continue to experience a story so long as they continue to learn new information regularly. Right. And whenever a movie, like, does a backstep to do a big thing, people usually get bored because they, they fail to learn anything. Like, they stop learning shit. So they're just like, oh, well, what, why do I give a fuck? See, an Alien Covenant fixed that. Well, well yeah, like, yes, they, no, they, I they, agree they with you. They still had the second Alien fight, which I was like, eh. But then, then, right. then they had the end scene, which made me, like, incredibly horny for more Alien movies. And then they were like, yeah, then we're done. And we're done. Fuck you. 
It's like, <laughs> God damn it! Yeah. You motherfuckers. I know. It's, yeah, it's, it's very, that very scene, good. Fuck. Well, yeah, I think that it's kind of bullshit that the alien quintilogy or whatever <laughs> is like, is like, yeah, there's, so we got an alien movie, right? We got two alien movies. Oh shit, here comes Alien 3. Alien Resurrections. We're back, baby. We got another fucking. And then they're like, well, let's reboot it. Prometheus. <laughs> well, let's reboot it. Fucking Alien Covenant. Well, let's just kill it dead. <laughs> I, but at that point, it's like, it's so many layers of lore deep that I'm well, just like, I have to understand Alien what Covenant. the fuck anyone is talking about by the time we've got to a fifth fucking movie. Why didn't people like Alien Covenant? Why didn't people yeah. like Alien Covenant? Because it is so lore dense that it is like okay so so ridley scott can i read a quote to you yeah absolutely okay i'm gonna have to find the quote while you're pulling this quote up i had something else that i want to say so i mentioned the ama uh go go check out our amas we do oh yeah on uh your takes excrement do that the subreddit but uh so kingdom of heaven is like one of my favorite movies because i'm deranged we have to watch the director's cut yeah one of the antagonists of the movie um, is like the Bishop of Jerusalem and he's an antagonist in the movie and is shown as this like cowardly two-faced little, little rat of a yeah. bishop. Um, when in like in reality and history, he bankrupted himself in the church buying people out of slavery after, the, uh, after Saladin <laughs> took, took Jerusalem. Yeah. Like he literally sold everything he him and the church of jerusalem owned to try to prevent people from being slaves yeah and then like just walked back to rome <laughs> anyway uh that's my one gripe with ridley scott is <laughs> did my boy the bishop of jerusalem really fucking dirty <laughs> well who's shocked <laughs> now, uh, I have a quote here from Ridley Scott. Now, the so you asked me, why did people not like Alien Covenant? Yes. The reason people uh, said that they didn't like Alien Covenant is because they felt that Re- Ridley Scott was beginning to lose his mind. <laughs> and now, I feel like taking Alien and making a haunted house movie with a mad scientist um, was kind of fun and yeah. cool. I like it. Um, generally, I like that movie. Uh, I like the moment where David teaches himself how to play the flute, and then they kiss. And then they that kiss. shit's great. Like that shit makes me wet, dude. But uh, but Ridley Scott, yeah, a bunch of people started to be like, "Is Ridley losing his mind?" Because like a lot of his choices in this are so odd, right? Odd, weird, weird choices. Well, and then. And I mean, like, I saw House of Gucci, so I know he's still a genius. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, so fuck, fuck everybody. But, but here is a quote from Ridley Scott that backs up anybody's theory that Ridley Scott is currently losing his mind. Uh, this is a quote from uh, Sir Ridley Scott. Oh, fuck, uh, I forgot. About, he's a knight. About Denis Villeneuve and Blade <gasps> Runner 29. I love Denis. He was asked if uh, if Deckard from uh, Blade Runner is a replicant, a thing that he has been asked many, many times <laughs> in his life. And so, but this time, he kind of fucking went, <laughs> went off. Like, the first time he was asked, it was probably weird. He's been asked a thousand times. This is the moment where he loses it. So, uh, he says... Um, if, in, in context of whether or not Blade Runner 2049 will reveal that Harrison Ford's character Deckard was a replicant, he says, oh, it was always my thesis theory. It was one or two people who were relevant where I can't remember if the screenwriter uh, agreed with me or not, but I remember someone had said, well, like, isn't it corny? And I said, listen, I'll be the best fucking judge of that. I'm the director, okay? <laughs> so, and that, you learn. You know, by then, I'm 44, so I'm no fucking chicken. I've, I'm a very experienced director from commercials <laughs> and The Duelist and Alien. So I'm able to, I don't know, you know, answer that with confidence at the time and say, like, you know, back off. It's going to be what it's going to be. But Harrison Ford, he was never 
I don't remember, actually. I think Harrison was going, uh, I don't know about that. But I said, well, you have to be, because Gap, who leaves a trail of origami everywhere, will leave you a little piece of origami at the end of the movie to say, I've been here, I left her alive, and I can't resist letting you know that what's in your most private thoughts when you get drunk is a fucking unicorn, right? So I love Beavis and Butthead. So what should follow that is, <laughs> duh. So now it will be revealed in the sequel one way or the other. <laughs> so is Ridley Scott losing his mind? <laughs> Ab- a, absolutely. Um, I, I love that energy. I, it's very powerful. That is I mean, scary well, I film think, director so energy. He's either losing his mind or he's realized that if you just Fucking goes nuts to to, to <laughs> he like he goes hard on the track. Just, Everybody he goes can watch hard him. on the paint to reporters. Yeah, he'll just kind of stop asking him dumb shit if he just rambles. If he just like goes the fuck off, lunatic. Yeah, no, I mean it, it works. I mean Harrison Ford. Whenever anybody's like, my dude, do you like Star Wars? He's like, go fuck yourself, go you fuck piece yourself. of shit. I'll literally kick your remember, ass. Remember when someone like gave him their like Millennium Falcon Lego set he and he just kind of drops it? Like, it oh like, no, oh. I broke it. My bad, dude. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right. Why'd you we, hand this to me, idiot? We're supposed to wrap up the podcast now, right? The, uh, this, I believe this is the end. Yes. Um, let me look. Yeah, that's the, the end. end. Of, the end of all things. Yeah, it is. So as a, as we've learned today on the podcast, everything must die, um, including this episode of the podcast. So yes. thank you for being here. I ho- I'm glad that you enjoyed your time with us. If you enjoyed your time with us. If you didn't enjoy your time with us, go fuck yourself. Uh, if you didn't turn your time yourself, you see, whenever you get drunk, all right, there's going to be a fucking, fucking unicorn. unicorn, okay? So, uh, <laughs> so, so shit or gold, Ridley Scott's late career. Gold. I go gold, too. Gold. Without, I, no I actually, hesitation. I like everything Ridley Scott makes post. Well, I didn't. I, I, I thought The Last Duel was whatever. But. I like The Last Duel. I just. I haven't finished it. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair, fair, fair. I mean, I always like what I'm seeing. I just never feel like I, you know, sometimes I'm in tune with him and sometimes I'm like, mm, I don't know. I just, but, I just but, like looking at Adam Driver, all right? Yeah, well, and it's fucked up because in later years, he's become like one of my favorite directors, yeah. generally. Like yeah. in, in the top echelon of everything. Like he, he's one of the, he's, he's like married the ideas of like pop culture and gen, genuine introspection in mm-hmm. ways that I love. Um, so I love that. Uh, Ridley Scott's great. Uh, gold. Literally, my two favorite, I mean, like, contemporary directors are Ridley Scott and Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> wow, that's a Incredibly fucking... Incredibly fucked up I take s- I saw this meme. Here. I saw this meme the other day that was, like, a clown. Like, a dirty, drunk hobo clown. Uh, and then, like, a clown in a suit. And on the clown, the dirty clown, it said David Lynch's Dune, and it was like, uh, the clown with the suit was like Denis Villeneuve's Dune. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that, <laughs> that is, no, no, but that I, is what I, I would just say. I really like just rewatched Denis Villeneuve's Dune, and it's so fucking good. Yeah, I, you know, I believe you. I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, I think I fell asleep. Probably. Did I fall asleep watching that? It, I did. It, it, it's a bit slow. I don't complain about slut. I and the, honestly, my big thing is I just don't. I don't have a big boner for sci-fi. That's fair. Well, I never have. I don't know how to be like that. Yeah. How do you be 